Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden pause in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because he suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day and welcome. This is Golf. Andrew Datto is my name. It's nice to have your company. Uh, walk on the wild side this time around. Two different stories. One about putting and trying something new, like completely new, something that would seemingly make no sense. And yet, having witnessed it, I wanted to try it myself. That's coming. First, though, to Ryan O'Flaherty, uh, Flats Golf and Fitness. That's his handle on Instagram. And that's where I first met him because occasionally I do the call out, you know, if you've got an interesting story, you want to share it, you want to talk about it, you want to come on the podcast, just contact me at Instagram at Andrew Datto. He did just that. He said, how about a story about a guy who was right-handed and decided to play left-handed? Would that be of interest to you? I said, it would be. And he said, all right, I'm available. And that's what he did. Now he's a former professional. He's a teaching professional. He had a crack at playing, um, didn't quite work out. But as a challenge, he set himself up with the idea of standing on the other side of the ball, the left side, well, the left-handed side. And it worked out pretty well for him. It's a good story. We started with how we got into golf. So when I was in primary school, wherever it was, my grandfather, he was a member of Warringah and he would take me down on Wednesdays after school sport every mm. every day and take me down. We'd use the chipping green there and he'd teach me to play. Okay. So how was that time with your grandfather? Loved it. So good. And the one that I remember two times, I remember two, two times we, yeah. we went down there. One was I wanted to play out of bunkers. He goes, no, not yet. Yeah. It's too young. Yeah. And the other time we didn't go because the car got bogged out the front of the school. No, the two times I remember. One, I was I loved it, and one, I was so disappointed because I couldn't go. And so how long did you do that with your oh, grandpa for? through primary school. Wow. I think maybe from year... Oh, actually, probably year two to year four, then he got he got quite sick. Okay. And then so from that age, you just... So he's put the... He's put that heroin yeah. in, right? He's gone. He's sort of wrapped your <laughs> arm up like this and gone... Because well, it is. Like, the game of golf oh. is a drug, right? So there's no... 
and once it is in there, it's I think there's going to be a residual thing that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. 100%. All right. So what was it about it? Was it initially, was it time with your grandfather or was it? I would say so, but I grew up just loving sports. Parents allowed me to play sports, um, encouraged it. Yeah. Uh, and I played everything and I don't know, just golf was just, I just got hooked. I just loved it, hitting the ball as far as you can, swinging yeah. hard. You know, it's like you get that one out of the middle. It's you know. No. No. no I don't <laughs> when know. when you do, <laughs> I uh, don't know what you're talking. About. Uh, but I just loved it, and I played lots of other sports growing up. I was, used to play a lot of baseball, so I was playing baseball like six days a week. Yeah. I was full on, but then I kind of played here and there in holidays until I was about fifteen or I think fifteen, maybe it was, and then I joined up at Wakehurst uh, Golf Club, and I joined there as a, a junior. And then started playing uh, any chance I got. Okay, so it's interesting that you didn't actually begin playing proper golf mm. until late teens, yeah. and then became a golfing professional. Mm. So, so was that with the idea of being a golf pro, a touring golf pro, and going to the US? And like, is there any romance of the dream of that dream yeah, for you? Hundred percent. There was yeah. always it was always about playing. Like, I just love playing sport in general. And golf was the avenue, probably the sport that I was best at. And I wasn't really sure. wasn't a gr- like I wouldn't say I was the best player when I was doing my amateur ranks. I didn't play many amateur events. There was a lot of club stuff. Then I saw the traineeship as a great opportunity to, you know, if things didn't work out, at least you know I could coach. It's just another passion of mine. Yeah. But I got in there. I started getting better and better. Then gave it a crack at playing. Okay. So how did the playing go? It was good. It Hang was on, tough. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I nearly stuffed up, stuffed up your name before, so it didn't go as well as, you know. It's yeah, not. <laughs> that's right. Not Ad, as well. Adam Scott Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm here, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not over there in the US. But um, um, don't get me wrong. It was great. I got to go over the UK and Europe. Played secondary tours over there, and found out how good guys really are mm. uh, and girls. It was ridiculous. I was over there. I still remember I went over with a mate of mine. Um, TC and we travelled and it was like raining it was the wettest summer they've ever had in years and it was raining it was cold and these guys were shooting like mid 60s it was stupid I'm like what are we doing struggling to break par and yeah. these guys are just tearing it up so what was the difference ability probably, yeah. skill well, mental I'm, I'm I mean not- for me I know a lot of my journey uh, uh, probably part of the lack of performance was mental uh, the mental game which definitely I don't get too much um i mean guess there's not as much focus on that uh, back then as there is now um but yeah that was probably part of it but then i guess could have always worked harder a lot of things right what you're working on now well actually let's so how far did you you got to the you got to play in europe secondary tour yeah pay as you players over there yeah and then play oh, so you pay to play yeah so kind of like pay as you play tour so it's kind of like you rock up you pay, uh, I think it was like 250 pounds or something per yeah. event or maybe 500 pounds. It wasn't cheap. Wow. And um, yeah, try and make your way up to to the, I think it was a Euro Pro Tour then, probably still is. And then played all around Australia. Didn't Unfortunately, didn't get to play any of the big events, um, yeah. but played a lot of the state opens and stuff like that. So did you play with anyone over there who would go on to, like did you see Tommy Fleetwood? And- no, unfortunately not. Good, good story though. <laughs> <laughs> Good lie. So then you came back to Australia. Yeah. Now, did you come back? Were you buoyant? Were you devastated? How, what's that return yeah, like? It's um. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, I think I was still quite. I was still quite young. So I don't know how old I was. Twenty two, maybe twenty three. You're still young, and you kind of. I'm like, oh yeah. Well, what's next? Let's just go back, practice, start playing again. Yeah. And then I think I lost a bit of passion for it. Yeah. Um. And then I kind of fell back into coaching. 
So during my traineeship, I did a little bit of coaching, not a great deal, but I've always enjoyed teaching people. So I kind of, yeah, found a job at uh, Chroma Golf Clubs, the assistant pro there, and started coaching coaching there, which was really, really cool. And so what's the secret in your – so you're still coaching – I do a little a bit, little bit now. now, yeah. Okay. So I do a little bit of online here and there. I've got my app, which, um, yeah, I do a bit of coaching on there. But now it's kind of walked or stepped into the fitness side of, of golf. Flats golf and fitness. Yeah. Right, where all you want to do is hammer the ball as far as you can. Hit it 600. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how it seems from your Instagram, which I've been following for a while. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was actually nice to hear from you to say, you know, what about it? Let's talk about this whole left-handed business. Yeah. What did you have to learn? What did you have to teach yourself to do from being right-handed? Was it like starting out from scratch or did you have an inherent? Not really. So I wouldn't say from scratch, like a, a new a newbie to golf. Um, I think I'm a little, what is it, ambidextrous. So I yeah. kind of can throw a ball, kick a ball, um, not too badly, but... I mean, as well, I know I kind of know, I know what to do. I know what to teach people. So it was pretty simple in that sense. But I think just learning to teach your body to move the other direction that was the hardest thing. Um, but it was it was interesting, yeah. So when you say you know what to do, what what do you need to do? Because okay. there's lots of people who play golf who are quite good at golf, yeah, but possibly still don't know. And I would count myself in this group. Yeah, still don't really know what to do. Mm. So how to hold the club? Yeah, take your grip how to stand. Um, obviously, and, there's variations to this and there's lots of... That's the cool thing about golf, right? You can do... Everyone does things differently and, achieve, and then everyone can achieve some really good results. But I guess after teaching people for so long, you kind of... It's second nature. You go down, you hold the club. So, you know, two knuckles, for instance. And So, you're a two-knuckle person. I'm a two-knuckle person. Right. Two, well, and, a half, two and a half sometimes. Interesting because my wife just had a lesson with Richard Mercer. He's uh, a three-knuckle yeah. teacher. Three-knuckle. Yeah. Nice. Three-knuckle on the left. Yeah. I can't remember okay. what he said about the right. Hopefully not three knuckles on the right. No. I'm guessing not. No. Three I don't on the so, left. But maybe, but I don't think so. I doubt it. No, three on the left's all right. Okay, so two, two, two and or a half, three. Two to, two to two three. Two to three. Two to three is good. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, stance, having good posture, hinging from your hips, things like that, uh, ball position. And then the basics of working, you know, on the takeaway and really trying to move the right way on the way back, get the right movements, get the right body parts moving. Um, so I think because I already knew that, and I had a pretty good sense of how my body moves. That helped me, I guess, accelerate into that. Okay. So where are you at now with your left-handedness? So I stopped playing at the start of this year because at the start of this year, I finished up at the golf club and focused on my own business. So okay. I, I realized I didn't have enough time to invest into it. But I gave myself a year to get to scratch, which sounds crazy. I started at a 27 handicap. So I, I still remember going out there. It was so frustrating. So <laughs> oh, now you're bringing back all these memories. <laughs> yeah. So what? So what did you do? You literally stopped playing right-handed. Stopped playing right-handed entirely. Yep. Got a higher set from what, the golf club. Yeah. I was going to say, what clubs did yeah, you get? So I grabbed a higher set from out the back. Had mm. this probably two-dollar putter, which mm. was unbelievable. Um, do you remember what it was? Conf- confidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's got confidence stamped on the yeah. like plastic insert. Cheap putter. But yeah. I remember. I still remember. I played my three rounds of golf to get my handicap, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got my handicap, I think it was 27 and that was kind of me just fluffing about. And then before, from that point, from when I got my handicap, it was about six weeks till I played a comp. So I had some time to hit some shots and practice and stuff. It just work got in the way. And how hard did you practice? Mm, a couple of times a week, hit some shots. Yep. Um, where I could, I didn't Is play. there a range at Chroma? Yeah. There's a little range up there, which is good. Um, you can't, I think you can hit about probably 220. It's uphill, maybe 200, yep. but 
I'm left-handed, so I couldn't hit it that far anyway. How far could you hit it? Uh, I got a couple out there. Uh, what was it? I got a couple out there, like 280 once. I did a fitting. What? Um, yeah, I did a fit- fitting with Will how, from Taylor May, which was cool, and it got some good numbers. How f- how far did you hit it right-handed back back then? Oh, back then? Uh, I mean, I could probably get it out. I could have got it out there 300, but that's not on the regular. But either was that 280. That was kind of smoked. Okay. So, which was good. But so, so, generally speaking, driver 200, I'm guessing. I'm uh, in the beginning, yeah, just over 200 probably, two, 220. Good. So, I was pretty happy with it. Left or right? Left. So, cutting it? Yeah, little hitting little cuts. Right. Well, no, big cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, no, no, but that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? So, because when people start playing golf, yeah. right hand or left hand, when they start, they generally hitting... Dirty, great, big slices. Exactly. And that's what we all do, right? So, and that's what I did. Yeah. So I'm holding the club and then I'm swinging with my arms and hands, which is something that, you know, you've got to get that sequence right. You've got to get the lower body moving first. And this is where the frustration started kicking in. So my first round off 27, because I had that little space, I had like 45 points or something. Jeez. And I thought, I remember going on the starting of the back nine and I had the like a three-pointer and then a four-pointer. I was like, how good's golf? Get double bungers on all these holes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Bring it on. I thought, this is great. And then the handicap slowly got down and got down as I started getting more confident. And I said, when I get to single figures, I'll buy myself a new set of clubs. So I got to single figures. Yeah. How, now, how long did that take? That took a few months. Yeah. What, what, uh, I think three. You're kidding. So the problem was COVID, right? So this is the same time as COVID. So my goal was, okay, I'm going to practice hard for a year. I'm going to get to scratch. I'm, I'm determined. Um, I got to eight pretty quickly, relatively quickly. And um, the whole journey is on my Instagram, so i got to check back on there. But I got to eight. I got a new set of clubs. I thought, how good is this? That was a game changer because right. I got proper equipment so, and that so, made a big difference. Okay, So you're still using higher clubs yep. with your confidence putter. Yeah. What were the higher clubs? They were Callaway, I think, X20s. They were yeah. 10, 12 years old. Okay, graphite but- shafts. Um, floppy or yeah, regular, regular, regular. flex, graphite. Had okay. a stiff driver, I think. Yeah. So are they? So well, this is interesting. Anyway, how do the those X twenties stack up against whatever the new clubs were that you bought? Yeah, not. They were okay in the beginning, but mm. once I got the new clubs, I've noticed a big difference. The weighting, the flex. Yeah, made a massive difference. Okay, but so they were matched to your the new clubs were matched to the way you were hitting the I got ball. a proper fitting, yeah. Okay, but when you were doing it the first when you started out, yeah. You were prob the the regular flex is probably um probably fine. Probably fine. Yeah. Right. So So you got to the reason I ask is that um I have friends who want to start playing golf and I'm like just if you get the old Callaways they're perfect because they're big and fat and wide and yeah. heavy and Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, 100%. Okay, good. Just get started. Okay, so then you got a proper fitting. Yeah. And you bought which clubs? I got the TaylorMade P, I think that was 760s. Sheesh. Yeah. So real serious. Yeah, and I got Sim Max Driver. I got a hybrid. Jeez. Wedges. You must have been on a deal here with TaylorMade. Yeah, they, they hooked me up a little bit. Got a yeah. Bit of a discount. That was good. But um, yeah, that, was, that made a pretty big difference. But then COVID hit. So, and... I mean, like golf was popular. There was no time to play golf. Yeah. Every like course was booked from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I'm here going, okay, good. I'm just going to hit the range. So I didn't play for three months and then came back and started playing a bit. And then COVID hit again towards the end of, what are we talking, 20, uh, what, One, are, what are we in 20, now? 20 or 21. 2020. So 2020, yeah. So then at the end of the, by the end of the year, I'd played probably, I'd played six months of golf. I counted up. 
So I was pretty stoked. Don't get me wrong. I was pretty stoked with where I got to. Which is? Eight. So that was as low as you got? That's as low as I got. My best round was seven over. Yeah. I think it was seven over. So what was that like? You know, like you're coming down the last three or four holes. You're sitting there looking at shooting in the 70s. Yeah. Hadn't done it before. Yeah. I still remember on the, it. On the lefty. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I still remember it. The eighth hole at Cromer, I've hit this horrible drive. So driver was my Achilles heel when I was, it was just, it was horrible. Well, I might as well just put it away. But I just hit these big, bad slices. So I think I took a hybrid off that and I pushed it straight left. So left-handed, pushed it straight left into the trees. I've got like 220 to cover the creek or whatever, or no, 200 to cover the creek. And I was, I, after hitting that draw, uh, that tee shot, I was like, I should just hit driver. Hitting the trees, I might as well just hit driver further up there into the trees. And I was like, okay, doesn't matter. I get a shot here. I've got this. So, <laughs> so, right, so now you're in Nemo. So, yeah, <laughs> we can do this. We can do. <laughs> and um, and I was like, okay, good. Get my hybrid. I've got this. I'm gonna knock it over the creek, chip it on, make my par. So sure enough, I go after it, hit it heavy, hit a hook straight into the right trees, and I'm stymy having to take an unplayable. Mm. So there was no, not even a chance of making contact. So I took a drop, knocked it up there. I think I made an up and down for, what would that have been, bogey or double and finished seven over. So I, was, I think I was four or five over standing on that last tee. Wow. And just collapsed. And so what was the drive home like? Well, I think I came to the realisation, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was frustrated for a minute and I was like, you know what? I've just hit my PB. Yeah. How good's this? Yeah. And it was a bit of what could have been. But overall... It was pretty good. Only because I think I made that up and down at the end. If I stuffed it and made a wipe, I would have been nut. Okay. Ropeable. So you you got to eight. You did a year. You've got you still got a banking beautiful set of tailor mades, yeah. and you quit. You quit on the left hand side. Yeah. Why? Because I didn't have the time. I realised I started playing that January, and I went out and. This, the business that I was going to start investing into, I wanted to start up. It was not going to give me the time to practice that I needed to to make it worth it. I wanted to, I stopped enjoying it a bit because I didn't have the time to put into it. And I was like, I'm going to come out here and chop it around. I just play right-handed and at least enjoy it. When you say you lost your enjoyment, was it also because it got too hard? No. So I lost my enjoyment, I think, because I couldn't practice. So right. I'd go out there and it was frustrating because I couldn't improve because I didn't have the time to practice versus oh, this is just really hard. I love the challenge. And I would love to one day pick it up and try and continue from where I left off with that same set of clubs. But I didn't have any time to practice and I thought this is silly. So what did you learn for the, in terms of for your, I know you're not coaching now, but what did you learn in a a golfing sense that is integral to the golf game and the golf swing? It made me a better coach. I had a lot more sympathy for the people I was teaching and then it helped me, I think teach them better and, and help them understand the movements uh, a lot better because suddenly I'm trying to teach myself and I'm just, you know, getting very handsy, getting very handsy. It's like, okay, no, just more body you swing, get the movement right, take it easy. And then it reminded me of how hard it is to make a change when things don't come so easy. Because, mm. I, I mean, I'll speak for all professional golfers. There's there's whether you're top two or level or you're, you know, you're a coach now, you know how to play, even a lot of elite golfers. And to make a, just, a swing adjustment is pretty easy. For a lot, but then for a twenty marker to do it, who doesn't maybe hasn't you know lived and breathed it um, or isn't super coordinated, then that's going to be another level of, of of learning. So for me, playing that left side, it really taught me to be more patient and and help. I think put me in the shoes of learning again. Okay, what about the you said that you know driver you should just 
that was your Achilles heel. Oh, yeah. Is is it a club that you just shouldn't have bothered with? Like, could you have been better without it? Um, probably in the beginning, yes. I just I still remember. I probably have nine messages still just going left, mm. left, fairways left. Every time step up, doesn't matter what I do, left, just hitting these big block cuts um, or big slices. Um, so probably in the beginning, yeah. But then I started learning and I got I got a fitting, so that definitely helped. Mm. Um, but I definitely found that, yeah, as I got better with it and just a bit smoother with it, didn't try and crush it as much, I started in fairways and, yeah, that was a game changer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm talking to Ryan O'Flaherty, who's um, Flats Golf and Fitness. That's his Instagram. Um, You've gone from, which is interesting, that realisation, if I didn't try and crush it, if I didn't try and hit it so hard, I could handle it better. I could play better, hit it straighter, more dependable. Yep. Now what you're trying to do with Flats Golf and Fitness is work with golfers on their fitness, try and get them in shape and get the golf muscles working correctly and swing as fast as you possibly can. Is that a fair assessment? That's a very fair right. assessment. So did you learn nothing <laughs> <laughs> from the left-handed? That's the thing. Did you learn? Did you, so you, you learned something different from the left-handed experience. Correct. Or did something else happen? Um, I think I was like, you know what? I want a challenge for this year. And I put the left-handed stuff aside and I was like, what's the next thing? And I thought, well, maybe I'll try and drive the seventh green at Chroma. How far is that? Uh, 340. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's easy. Three, three wood, wood. For you, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> three wood. Front edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was like, well, let's, this is a good challenge. Mm. Let's do it. And let's go through the process. And before I teach people, because I know, you know, speed's obviously a big thing now. And it was a year ago as well. It was, or it was growing anyway. And I thought, well, let's take myself through the process before I start teaching other people the process. Um, and yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's, let's go after it. Let's see what I have to do technically as well as physically to achieve that goal. And so what is the process? I notice your left hand, your left foot flies around there. Yeah, so there's things like technically you can do, which is, you know, lift the front heel, get your hands higher, push into the ground more, and that's part of what all happens. Right, just, sorry, just talk me through it slowly. Slow, yeah, sorry. So, no, no, so we can all yeah, enjoy 100%. what you're talking about. So the part of the reason that people lift their front heel, you'll get more hip rotation. Yeah. Okay, so Hang on, this front, is on the way back. On the way back, on right. the takeaway. So the, the, just tell me from the beginning when you said, I want to start really swinging fast, yep. what's the first thing you did? Started training specifically for for that. 
So I was fortunate that I didn't start my training from scratch. So I wasn't new to training. So I could kind of go into the more power and speed training earlier. Yeah. But if I was a newbie, you want that conditioning first. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what muscles? Oh, uh, you, well, it's instead of muscles, it's more different movement patterns. So okay. push and pull, uh, vertical lift. So like jumping and things like that. Um, and then arm chop power. So, you know, learn, as well as things like skills, like learning to throw. So if you're not a competent thrower, it, that's a really good skill to develop to then translate into the golf swing. Right. Because of the way that, say, you're for a right-handed golfer, the way that right arm works, how it, as you come out to back, you step forward, you open up your body, that arm shoulder goes a bit external, and it's the same release pattern or similar release pattern we see in the golf swing. Right. So when you say goes a bit external, so like in, you know, you see some cricketers and they whip an underarm like that yeah. and they throw it a mile. Correct. But then lots of other people throw it. Overhand, overhand and then just literally throw their right so i could not throw a tennis ball 30 20 meters yeah. without devastating my right shoulder mm. and i know most of my friends are the same yeah so does that mean if i wanted to be doing what you're doing i, I need to take care of shoulders and things like that 100 percent. so you'd want to make sure that you've got good mobility and good stability through that shoulder joint before starting to swing at 100 Okay. 120, 130 miles an hour. Right. Otherwise, you'll do injury. So what did you start swinging at? Started at... So I just came off, funnily enough, I came off golfer's elbow. So I had golfer's elbow for like two months. So coming... Is that, is that the when you have the band around the you? Inside, run? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I came off that and I was like... <laughs> the, the old man injury. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you <laughs> kids. <laughs> um, where am I? Golfer's elbow. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, so I came off that. So I hadn't swung a golf club right-handed. I started swinging at 114 miles an hour. Okay. We've got to keep in mind, Ryan, that you're a professional golfer as well. Correct. So you're already quick. You already know what you're doing. Okay. So you started at 114. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. How long did it take? Well, where did you get to and how long did that take? Got to 131 or 132. And that took about three, four months. I'll say four months. So I'm not cutting it short. Four months. And that was going through the whole process of start that conditioning foundation. So essentially starting from scratch again and going, okay, let's build up that strength. Let's go into different movement patterns in terms of what's going to benefit my speed. Like I talked about that vertical lift, okay, that we see in that transition. So as as golfers come down into that transition, there's that little bit of a squat and then push up off the ground, which you may have heard of as they turn. That's learning to do that faster and more efficiently. Um, and then other power movements and pretty much teaching your body to move faster. All right. So what are the other power movements? Uh, so we've because got... Because someone's listening to this going, okay, I rotate my hips faster and I yeah. jump there in the bottom and yeah. then I... <laughs> yeah. Well, there's rotary as yeah. well. Um, there's wrist release power um, as well. So that release that we get through the ball. So if we can do that harder, we're going to gain a lot of club head speed. Your ability to move your arms quickly from the top um, on the way down uh, as well. And so you're pulling with your left or you're pushing with your right? Oh, just moving both really quickly. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I think that's also a, that pulling with the left and or am I pulling with the right thing? I think that's a... Is that a breathe in, breathe out thing? Yeah, kind of breathe in, breathe <laughs> out. What are you doing now? Just screw someone over. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I think that's a personalized thing. Whatever kind of gets you in a better position. Some people feel like pulling down with the left works. Some people feel like pulling down with the right. I think that's a bit more of an... Uh, an independent feel uh, versus a kind of let's all throw it under one blanket and 
let's all go left or all go right. Okay, and so what about the swiveling of the feet? Because that's the I suppose so the one thing about Bryson that mm. I really notice is that he just looks like he's spinning like a top. Yeah, and out of control. Yep. I'm guessing he's not out of control. No. Like he's obviously he's teaching himself to go faster, but that there is more of a protective mechanism too. Because if you try and stick your foot into the ground and you're turning and, and rotating up on that lead side as fast and as hard as he in, he is, there's gonna be a lot of wear through the knee and through that hip. So spinning that out is gonna take a lot of pressure off that. So even some of the guys I train and have coached before, uh, people with you know bad knees, I'll get them to open up their front foot a little bit more, and I would encourage them to let that foot slide out or spin around that heel. so that, And also same with the hip, that just takes a bit of pressure off that so they can still feel like they can finish their swing without feeling any of that pain. And as a fitness instructor, do you look at, say, Bryson again and, and, and think, you know, his body will... Because that's one of the questions around what he's doing and the weight that he's putting on and the power that he's using, that he, his body won't actually survive in, yeah. a, in a long-term golfing sense. Mm. To be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. It's one of those things I think it's too early to comment on. I think no people jumped on it real quickly. Yeah. Oh, in five years he's going to break down. I'm not sure. The body's an amazing thing, how it recovers, how it rebuilds. So it'll be in- it will be interesting to see how he develops and his longevity in the game. Yeah. So you got to what, 134? 132. 132. Not over yet. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. So is this just this year? No, no, sorry. Just last year? Uh, last year, yeah. So I kind of started and then we moved house and all this sort of stuff and then I've kind of got back into the last four months. Right. So I kind of started again, you could say. Okay, so 132 is the number now. The number now. So what's the distance now? Um, oh, hang on. So how fast did you – when you're swinging at 114, how far were you driving the ball then? Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, Ooh, like 300? No, not that. I would say 280 Okay. around that. So I'd comfortably get up on a – yeah, I'd comfortably 280 get on carry. Two eighty. I'd going to say total on that one fourteen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'd comfortably. I'm comfortable with three hundred now. So three hundred meters to finish total. I'd be comfortable to get out there. But then obviously you got to think about the conditions, firm, soft, all those things. But on your standard, you get a bit of run out there, a little bit of run, not crazy mm. run, but a little bit. Yeah, I'd be comfortable with three hundred. Do you like golf more now that you're hitting it further? It's fun. It is fun. So I think there's – I having this conversation with a mate the other day. He goes like – he asks a similar sort of thing. I said, I tell you what, I love going out and just playing now. Not I, I practice a little bit at home um, with the setup I've got, but going out and playing, there's certain corners you can take on. There's certain shots that you wouldn't be able to hit um, beforehand, and it's definitely a lot of fun. And so what does it mean for your irons now? Like are you hitting – Well, I'm, I'm probably saving like four clubs on one particular hole. So drivers going, say it's 20 meters further, 30 meters, whatever it is. But when I come to that, hitting that iron in, I'm also longer on that. And that's not just, you know, lifting the front heel and going after it. But my stock swing now, I'm a club, club and a half longer than I used to be. So that smoother, more controlled swing is faster than it used to be. Yeah. So now suddenly I've still maintained that control and with my irons and I can control the distance well, control the flight still, but it's longer. Yeah. So you, you look. You're young. You're 33. You're very fit. How far do you hit a pitching wedge? So pitching wedge. It's not a competition, by the way. But like, well, since you asked, I'd say pitching wedge. I can get out there 140. Sheesh. Yeah. So that's a different game, isn't it? It is. 
It is, but that's when I really go after it. So for me to go, hey, I'm going to hit this 140 on the number mm. every single time, mm, not going to happen. Okay. But if I had to absolutely step on one and get it over a tree and it was 140, I'd go, yeah, let's take pitching wedge and go after it. More fun. Yeah, it's just fun. What about your handicap now? Uh, that's a great question. I'm still shooting around par um, most of the time I go out. So not as consistent, I would say, as before, but I'm not playing nearly as much as I used to before. So that's a tricky one as well to measure. But I think when I had the earlier speed gains, when I was kind of getting out, I was still still shooting similar sort of scores. The ball was just going further, so it just came down to putting. Okay, how's your putting? Because power's not really going to help your putting, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's simple now because I don't play as much because I don't practice. There's a lot less thinking going on. Okay. Get up there, kind of Aaron Badley style where he kind of just looks and goes. Yeah. I loved it. Loved watching him putt when I was younger. So it's the same sort of thing and kind of up there and just hit it. And so what about your business now? So Flats Golf and Fitness, you're teaching other guys who want to bash their cover off the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of what you're providing is a really good platform for – I mean, it's full health mm. anyway – yeah, you know, it's about being stronger and moving better and stuff yep. like that. But oh, there's a sort of level of enjoyment there on the side where they can stand there and yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's it's good fun. Yeah, so I launched my app, which is really really exciting. Um, took a lot of work, but there's a lot of structured golf tutorials. So helping say beginners um, or your regular golfer who just kind of wants to go over those checkpoints. Um, so starting from the from scratch and building through that. Plus, I've added my speed school program, which takes you through the fitness and the golf. Um, instruction that we need to you know gain distance and maximize that but as you said it's a lot about overall health as well so supporting people uh, in their fitness journey to be healthier to be stronger move better for their golf but also everyday life what, what if you have an 80 year old come up and go Ryan, i'm you know i want can you help them as well yeah i, I mean can like it's... On, an, on the app i'd ask if they can know how to use a phone <laughs> I mean, the biggest trouble, but yeah. yeah, totally. I think with a lot of 80, like the older people, yeah. it's a lot of for them is just moving. So yes, we can make it specific for their golf as well and, and get them moving. But a lot of it in general is just moving more and getting those muscles and those joints moving like you know they used to, I guess, and teaching them to go through greater ranges of motion that they wouldn't do every single day. Okay. And I'm guessing you haven't driven that eighth hole. No. The eighth, was it? Seventh. Seventh. Haven't, you haven't driven the eights yet? How close yet. have you got? Mm, I've been about 30 out. Yeah, great. So it's not bad. I'm pretty happy with it. You could drive 18 at Long Reef, I'm guessing, in the right southerly uh, quite easily. Yeah, I would say so. You'd probably knock it on there, wouldn't you? No, I don't try. No. I'm just working on... on just five iron wedge. Finesse. <laughs> just trying to finesse it. <laughs> hey, listen, Ryan, a real pleasure to talk to you and, um, and I'm really glad you got in touch with me on Instagram and said, looks, you know, do you want to, do you want to talk about swinging from the right side to the left? And it's, you know, really enjoyed it. So thanks for your time, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. So there he is, Ryan O'Flaherty. After we finished, he put me through my fitness paces for golf, golfing fitness. And there's this test you can do. And it's part of his thing of being a golfing personal trainer and my handicap my golfing fitness handicap because you didn't ask was 26 26 it's all about the rotation i have to work on it he's given me some exercises all right to the second part and this is terrific uh i played with this guy chris at my local club he putted unbelievably well and someone said how's his new putting style so i went oh so i watched it and well 
I'll let him explain. But I tell you what, he's got it under control and it's very compelling. Well, it's something new I'm trying. It's instead of looking at the ball when you putt, it's look at the hole when you putt. Seen something I saw someone do in the US. Um, yeah, so the theory is instead of looking at the ball, you're looking at where you're going, to, where the, we want the ball to go. So, like a cricketer throwing the cricket ball, he looks at the stumps rather than looking at his hand, look throwing the ball. So yeah, it helps with uh, just trying to let, get your mind out of things and let the your mind know how hard to hit it. And so you, it's your first go today. How's it going? Good so far. Like I said, putting well. Made a big mistake on the six where I left one way short where I got in my head a bit. You just, you Wait, what, learn. So what happened? Well, you got to learn. You think you're going to miss it because you're not looking at the, at the ball. You're so. going to miss the ball. Yeah. So it's kind of like gets in your head that you think I'll oh, make sure I make sure I hit the ball. But yeah, once you learn to trust that you're not going to hit it, so you make sure you line it up at the start and then look at the hole and then whack it. So you, you know because you've heard the theory about you know the fly that you look where the ball was until the ball drops in the hole. So this is completely against all of that. Yeah, totally opposite. Like keep look at the ball, keep your head down, and wait till you hear the ball drop. But no, this is yeah, this is different. What's it called? I have no idea. Is it the, is it the Chris? <laughs> You're doing the Chris. <laughs> Man-made, made-up thing. Yeah. That's Chris, and his handicap is marching southward, and I reckon the putting's got a whole lot to do with it. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, give us a review, do the ratings, the five-star thing, and if you do have a story, something you want to share, please get in touch, let me know, and if we can work it out, we will most certainly do that. This is Golf. I'll see you next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.